Hello and welcome to the Olympic Channel podcast. I'm Ed Knowles. If what you like is the best bits from OlympicChannel.com, then take a load off. We have some great interviews and a look into Korean culture too. We will take you beyond the snow and ice of Pyeongchang 2018, right to the stories that matter. So I trotted off up to see what I thought was a shoe-in for Michaela Schifrin at the slalom earlier. Had a hot chocolate, settled in, ready for a nice time. And then look at that. She didn't even get a medal. Apparently it was because she was sick with some kind of stomach problem. Sweden's Frida Hansdotter won the gold. Great atmosphere up there. Shout out to the Swiss fans. They were definitely the loudest. It was a really good time and I really hope that I get to see some other stuff soon. I've also had a quick nose in the official South Korea shop today and confession, I bought a couple of t-shirts as souvenirs. Some of the kits have been great. I am after the Japanese tracksuit bottoms if someone can hook me up. When I was in Japan house yesterday, they weren't selling them, which was a bit of a wounder. Never mind, I shall save my money. Oh, and happy Lunar New Year, by the way. Right, what's going down on the podcast today? The famous Norwegian pants. The men's curling team have some jazzy trousers. Total carnage. We speak to Pierre Voltier, who came out with gold from a very eventful snowboard cross race. Plus, his short programme was simply sublime. But his supporters are, well, something else. We speak to a few of Yuzuru Hanyu's crazy fans and hear from the man himself. It's looking pretty good today. But first, here are the top stories from OlympicChannel.com. Han Mania hits Pyeongchang. Shirtless Tongan flag bearer Peter Taufatafoa has set his sights on water sports for Tokyo 2020. And Olympic Channel reporter Nicholas Vindate took a look at snow volleyball. Remember, you can check out all those stories and many more at OlympicChannel.com forward slash news or just tap on the news tab in the app on your phone. Olympic Channel volunteer Heiji Kim will be talking through how Koreans celebrate New Year in a little while. But now, you may have noticed that the Norway men's curling team have, well, an interesting taste in fashion. They have extremely loud trousers. They actually wore some heart ones for Valentine's Day the other day. And there's a Facebook page specifically for the pants. And it has nearly half a million likes on Facebook. Impressive. The boys did a fashion show for Olympic Channel over on Facebook. Head over there to have a look at that. And afterwards, the guys stuck around and they answered a few questions for us. Why did the team start wearing patterned pants, Christopher? Again, me? Uh, well, uh, back in 2010, when we played our first Olympics together in Vancouver, we uh, played with black pants and also our... Uh, tops for our uniform were black and grey, so we decided we wanted to spice it up and have some more colours. So we wanted to play in our Norwegian national colours and the red, white and blue. So went online and bought a couple of pairs of pants in red, white and blue. And uh, the rest is history, really. Okay, the next, uh, the next question is for Howard. Uh, the pattern pants uh, phenomenon. Take us through it. How did it get so, to be so huge? Well, it's most people think it's the pants, but I think it's more about the people wearing them because uh, we're very special people uh, who wear the pants proudly and uh, show them all the respect they need. So it's more about the people in the pants than the pants themselves, I think. 
Do you wear them to? Do you wear them anywhere else other than the rink to the supermarket, for example, Thomas? Usually, I don't wear them. I, I wear them when I play curling. It's funny. Uh, curling is not a big sport in Norway, so uh, if we walk on the street in blue jeans, uh, we seldom get recognized. But if we walk on the street in these pants, we all everybody knows we're the curling team. So. Uh, I guess whoever, when you go out for a drink, Chris maybe put on some uh, if, suit. If you play golf, Thomas, what do you wear? Yeah, if I play golf, of course, I, I wear them. If you go to a party in the summer? Of course I wear them. So basically, <laughs> I wear them pretty much. I, I wear them pretty much. Yeah, yeah, I wear them, yeah. And I, th I, think, I think we have to say this is the most fun you can have with your pants on. So uh, it goes without saying. Definitely adding a bit of colour to curling. Thanks to all the lads there. Coming up, super fans. We hear from figure skater Yuzuru Hanyu and some of his supporters. But now it's time to learn a little bit more about South Korea. So today is Lunar New Year and it's a big holiday here in Korea. And with me now, I have Olympic Channel volunteer Heiji Kim, who is going to tell us all about the Lunar New Year. So what is the Lunar New Year? First, uh, to people in Korea. <laughs> so, so how, how do I, I've got to have a try. Uh, uh-huh. It means have like good fortune, good luck and for the new year. Oh, okay. Yep. So what we do in the Lunar New Year is we follow the, the cycle of the moon and we also believe in the 12 zodiac animals, which begins with ret and then... Uh, Ox, tiger, rabbit, and so the other on. Anime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when were you born? What year were you? Tiger year. So oh. I, yeah, I have the tiger year. The eye of the tiger. Mm -hmm. I am the year of the rat. Oh, so you should. Uh, there's a characteristic for for the animals. Uh -huh. So, uh, for rat, uh, it's like they're quick. Yeah. Um, Cunning. Resourceful. Yes. Yeah. What kind of uh, food do you usually eat on this day? So we would eat tteokguk, which is rice cake soup, mm -hmm. um, and it's white and it's kind of circular. And it, um, uh, the meaning behind tteokguk is that since tteokguk looks like a coin, a Korean coin, it brings a lot of fortune, good luck in the New Year's, and it's white, which represents purity. Oh. And you so you ha you can start your day like start your year like with pure pureness and freshness <laughs> yeah 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 uh -huh. i think there's lots of white like the korea uniform the, uh -huh. the korea kit here yeah, yeah, is lots yeah. of white and the flag mm. has white in as well so it's quite symbolic i suppose yeah. isn't it yeah in general mm -hmm. but you did have a little sad face on didn't you hey gk when you were in yeah. work here you were happy to be here I of wanted, course but yeah but i wanted to be with my family today because it's the lunar new year and we usually get together and we make food together and we bow to our elders Okay. And that this is the day where we can earn a lot of pocket money. Aha. Yeah. <laughs> the the most money that I earned was about $1000. Get out of town. <laughs> so this is like the day for children and, you know, teenagers who want to earn money from the elders or parents or grandparents. You're not a teenager anymore. Uh, well, today I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like you know, very nice, and I'm I'm sorry you have to be here, but you know it's I'm okay. I'm having a fun time with the Olympic Channel family. 
<laughs> she says she gritted teeth thank uh. you very much hey kim i hope you have a good rest of the day please remember if you need to get up to speed with any events here at the winter olympic games then you need to head over to olympicchannel.com over there there's this thing called stories to watch you'll soon be all genned up and know all about that sport so if you just throw in olympic channel the sport you need and stories to watch into any search engine you should be sorted Okay, it doesn't get more dramatic than what went down in the men's snowboard cross. Sochi 2014 champion Pierre Voltaire narrowly escaped utter disaster in the semi-final. He was involved in a crash but somehow managed to recover and just about qualified for the final in third place. The finish for gold in the actual final was close, but the Frenchman managed to clinch it. And we sent Olympic Channel reporter Rachel Griffiths to ask a few questions. How does it feel to have that medal around your neck for the second time? Uh, it's quite an incredible feeling, actually. Uh, the second time is pretty much like the first time. Uh, there is no, uh, no difference in the intensity of the feeling. Um, it's a lot of emotion, uh, different emotion, though. I had a blackout after my race today. I couldn't talk, I couldn't think, I couldn't do anything else than uh, being short in crying, for example and thinking about my family uh, I've been watching the race and uh, who probably must have a lot of emotion too. Uh, so cheat, I was the euphoria. I was just super stoked, super happy to win that race, but there was no um, so deep emotion about emptiness, right? I was just empty after that race today. And it was a dramatic semi-final. How did you feel going into the final after that crash? Yeah, that semi-final, I've been talking a lot about it. Uh, it was a very peculiar situation. We're not used to handle this kind of situations with um, uh, strapping out the binding, pushing and, uh, and uh, ending up in the third place. Uh, that gave me the access to the final. It's really uh, unfortunate and unusual, actually. So that was a stroke of luck uh, to me that I could access the final. Uh, after that, my coach told me, well, you, in French we say, uh, you are under a good star. That means I, I had a good star above me and there was no way to lose that final. And there was more drama in the final, but you stayed well clear. How did you feel crossing that finish line? Um, I think I had a flash about Sochi then. I had a, like, I remembered something about Sochi in, in this couple of meters before the finish line being sure being uh, obviously sure that there is no one overtaking me before this finish line and that was a little bit the same feeling as Sochi it's just like the time stops and just hoping that nothing wrong happens thank you to Pierre or merci and thanks to Rachel too his style on the ice is simply unquestionable. The men's figure skating competition is one of the strongest, well, pretty much ever. And the guy who was king at Sochi 2014 was Japan's Yuzuru Hanyu. Many sports attract fans, but few have the pop star status like Hanyu. His fans adore him, truly. Their signature move is to throw cuddly toys of Winnie the Poohs once he's performed. So Olympic Channel went along to a press conference and asked him, well, what's that all about? Winnie the Pooh, it has been since I was a junior or even smaller. I always carried a tissue box cover with Winnie the Pooh on it. 
So fans started to throw all the Winnie the Pooh on the ice, and now my room is filled with Winnie the Poohs. Wrapped around the arena before he performs are literally loads of young girls. Excitable and early, very early. Olympic Channel reporter Alessandro Poggi spoke to a few. How long have you been waiting here in the queue? About four or five hours. That's impressive. He said, uh, he said, this, uh, this, uh, maybe, maybe this is his last time to attend the Olympic Games. So I, I thought I, I must come here and to see him. He's very, very lovely. We we are Chinese friends, but we love him so much because he is so gorgeous. I think all of these girls are from China, and only for this man because we love him. Uh, I think he's the best skater in the world. A popular man indeed. Thanks to Alessandro there for going out and finding those fans. And that is that for now. Just before we go, it's really important. Subscribe. It makes a real difference to us. It hits us up in the podcast charts. So if you can subscribe, that really does help me and Olympic Channel and the podcast out. So please, if you can, give it a subscription. Of course, I'm always loving it. If you give us a tweet, you share us on Facebook, you put something on Instagram, that would be awesome too. Send in your shout outs and I'd really love to hear from you. It's goodbye for now though, until next time.